I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And today's episode, ah, oh, special this one, really is. It's, it's a really joyous hour you're about to uh, enjoy and I'm talking to Sam uh, from Heights and uh, and it's it's just a really lovely chat this one um, before we get on with that chat a few thank yous um, thanks to Tom uh, for putting this together um, and making this podcast happen uh, thank you to Scroobius Pip and all my brothers and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast and thank you to you lot for continuing to support this podcast and help grow it. Um, we're now, I think we've put out 250 episodes now and I've got, I'm sitting on about 50 as well that are all, all primed and ready to come your way. So it's just been uh, a real lifeline during lockdown for me to to be able to stay connected with people and 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 chat and get inspired by their you know their their stories of their creative journeys it's it's been such a a lovely thing to sort of keep me distracted and 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 fired up and 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 inspired uh over you know the the, the strange year that we're hopefully on the the way out of now um and yeah, and it also, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, then when you finish listening to this chat with Sam, then um, go and explore the back catalogue because you can hear me talking to uh, a real diverse bunch of people from Chuck D to Fatboy Slim uh, to Tommy Lee to Foo Fighters to Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Thomas Turgoose. Joe Hartley, uh, James A. Caster, Ed Gamble, uh, Jade Adams. I always say the same ones, don't I? I mean, there's 250, but I always seem to pluck them 10. But go and have a, a look because, yeah, just a, a, a real wonderful back catalogue of episodes that are all there for free. Um, just some, some nice little conversations, uh, talking to lovely people about their creative journey. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast uh in 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 any other way then i'd suggest maybe having a look at the patreon um my patreon page uh is patreon p a t r e o n dot com forward slash off the beat and track um and over there uh i put up 
radio shows, video episodes, upfront episodes, and loads of stuff. And if you've never explored Patreon, it's like a, it's kind of like a, a another sort of social media feed, really, where you can go on there and and, and scroll through the feed, and you'll also have access to a fair few hundred you know, uh, ep- like back catalogue episodes there as well. So you can just scroll through and watch episodes and and listen to never before, you know, released to the, the, the public episodes. Um, so, yeah, you can just go on there and comment. There's a little community over there. So, you know, you can go and, and support the podcast from as little as a uh, dollar a month. And, uh, yeah, so any kind of support over there is always greatly accepted. Um, it's tough times, I understand. So, you know, no pressure. Um, what is free it's free to subscribe Uh, it's free to like love share retweet and all of that so if you do see us on the socials or you know whatever platform you listen to this podcast on click the subscribe button and or even leave us a comment that's that's always really nice Um, any guests that you'd like to hear me chat to then why not you know drop me a message and go I'd love to hear you talk to blah 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 and uh yeah, it'd be nice to uh, to know what guys and gals you'd like to hear me chat to. Right, enough waffle from me, and uh, because it's not the waffle you're here for, you are here for some grade A waffle from uh, me and today's guest, and it's coming your way right now. Please enjoy today's episode with Sam of Heights. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Right, we are recording. Joining me today, Sam Hunter. Hello. Hello, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, where are you today? I'm actually in my house, um, in my bed. Actually, embarrassingly, probably should have said that, but um, yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sat on my bed. Um, so no, we had we were working earlier today, and I. I just managed to pop off for a few slices of toast before fitting this in, um, or do not fitting this in, but getting this, getting this. And I've been so excited to do this, man. I've been, I've been thinking about it a lot, and I've been listening to all the shows. I, I've actually listened to the show before I was asked to do it, and um, I love, I love the show. Oh um, man, thank you. So thanks, thanks for having me on, man. It's it's a, such a privilege to to be on. Oh wow. Um, well, before we start talking about your playlist. Uh, I just want to ask you how you found the last year. We're recording this, I should say, on the 25th of March. So uh, we're, we're hopefully a little bit optimistic as to what's to come. But just to sort of look back over the last year, I just wonder, Sam, how you found it personally uh, and creatively? Uh, uh, massive question, man. Um, I mean, it was obviously like, I think for everyone, it was everything. It, you know, everyone kind of went through the motions. Like, I think it was kind of a a worldwide reflection period (laughs) I think everyone had so much time to think about everything so they kind of explored everything about themselves about you know the people around them and that was that's the same for me I found so much out about myself um through different experiences you know I am I I ended a relationship just before it started and that was a bit of a weird thing having to go into lockdown during that process and then like halfway through lockdown I got into like the most intense relationship I've been in my whole life um and that ended um and that was probably as that relationship was ending I'm not really sure how how much you want me to dive into this but you can go um, wherever you want on this podcast mate okay cool man um well yeah as as that 
relationship was coming to an end without knowing, I was already kind of slipping into like a pretty poor way, like mental health wise. And um, then that happened. That was kind of the catalyst for like having for a really dark period of my life. Probably like probably the worst I've ever been um, for a mental mental aspect. Um, but and then during all of that, I. I tackled buying a house which didn't really that's always <laughs> really a, a very very uh, calming relaxing process buying a house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know man I know um so that that was that was a lot um to take on board but um that was actually from a from a creative point of view that breakup was very very good it was it was extremely pro- productive for me um obviously with I don't know if people listen really know who we are, but we're like a t- we're a two piece from Glasgow. Um, me and the bandmate, my bandmate Adam, were like best pals, been best pals forever. And during during lockdown, it was really interesting because Adam's just gotten into a really serious relationship, and it's been going on for a couple of years now. And they're a, a quite important point of his relationship coincided with my like really intense breakup where he was kind of settling in they were talking about making a family they were talking about buying a house together yada 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 and I'm breaking up from someone who I like deeply loved um and this kind of collaborated in a weird little thing and we found ourselves writing about songs um of being madly in love and being like distraught over breakup and yada 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 and we kind of found ourselves with a collection of songs that kind of went through this process quite even, quite quite steadily. Um, and we thought, why don't we kind of put these in order and see what they sound like together? And we kind of, you know, it sounds more magical than it actually was. You know, there was a lot of like nitpicking to do with all this stuff. But we kind of ended up with a body of work where we um, had, had, you know, from the start of this little track process, we had a beautiful relationship uh, into like a really horrible breakup and like where that's left where that's left a person and how that's changed a person you know um so from a creative from a personal point of view this year or the last year has been really tough for me it's been really beautiful for me as well you know as i said i've found so much out about myself and about the people that are around me my family yada 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 but um from a creative point of view it's actually it's actually been really good and we've been able to maintain uh work we've been able you know on zoom sessions and stuff like that um but yeah, man, it's, it's it's been good. It's been a total roller coaster, but it's 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 been good. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about one of the things that I'm sure, you know, however up and down it's been, a constant I'm sure has been music. Uh, mm. You know, which which can be a which can be a kind of cuddle. And uh, are you somebody that if you're you're having a, a you know a, a low day, you're feeling blue. Do you reach for the best of steps, or are you like, right, give me some Leonard Cohen, I'm going in here? Like, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you process it with with music that that, that complements them feelings, or do you try and put something positive to pull out, or are you just like, no, I'm going to process this, and I want to, I want to, you know, embellish yeah. it? And yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm quite a pessimistic person, and. I don't. I'm, I think that pessimism kind of bleeds, bleeds into the idea of forcing something onto a situation, um, like playing super happy music. Well, maybe maybe pessimism is the wrong the wrong word, but for me anyway, if someone was to play, you know, ABBA or something like that, or Steps, as you said, when I'm feeling low, I'm just out. I'm I'm quitting <laughs> quitting the game, man. What what works best for me is like 
just someone saying how I feel in like much better words than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, the best people for me are, you know, do you know Big Thief? I, I always, I always listen to Big Thief whenever I'm sad. Yeah. Um, and Adrian, Adrian Lenker's like solo stuff is just like brutally sad, like you know, apocalyptically sad. And I just, I, for some reason, it's fulfilling. And I, I read an article about that actually recently that that suggested listening to music that aligns with the way you're feeling is actually especially sadness is actually really therapeutic and I kind of whenever I read things like that I just stick to them like religiously because I believe anything that I read (laughs) Sam I've asked so many people that question and nobody's ever gone oh yeah I'll just sling on some S Club 7 and just you know dance in my (laughs) kitchen they're like no way Give me Nick Cave. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going in, and I'm, yeah, you know, I'm gonna just process it, you know, with, with somebody that can say what I'm feeling so beautifully. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna, um, we're gonna start talking some records now for your playlist. So for track one, Sam, I'm gonna ask you uh, the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Yes. So um, I have a whiter shade of pale by Proko Harum. Um, and this song, this song's quite a strange one because it came to me around a very odd time. Um, <laughs> not odd in like a, not on like a psychological sense. I wasn't suffering or I wasn't like, you know, in a certain way. It was at a time where me and my friends kind of uh, found our love for wrestling again. And we went through the phases of uh what would our entrance music be? I've got another <laughs> podcast, and that's the question I ask. <laughs> Is it? No, it's not. I've got a, I've got an MMA <laughs> podcast, uh, and I ask celebrities if they were ever to step in the cage, what would their walkout music be? It's an important no question. Way. People need to know these things. <laughs> it's a huge question, man. It's so, that's amazing. I cannot believe that. Okay, we have to get a point at some point, man. That's, that is perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that this is mine, man. This is mine. That that completely translates to it doesn't have to be wrestling. It's not wrestling exclusive. But it's MMA. It's boxing. It's all that stuff, you know. Um, and we kind of went through went through the motions with various tunes, but this song always came out on top, and it is just like it is genuinely an absolutely beautiful song. Um, my dad used to always play this song when when we were driving. I don't really know why, but um, well, I guess because it's a beautiful song. But um, yeah, I, I just love it, man. It also kind of sounds like it would fit for a it would be fit for an MS advert, which I which I'm down for. Um, but funny story, I think it might be funny. It might not be, but one one time when we were one time when we were doing this wrestling intro thing, um, Adam. This was right around the time where we signed. Uh, for our record deal and we came into like we got some you know d- disposable cash and adam my bandmate's first idea was right let's buy some really expensive minions outfits stupid um so we we got into them and we were doing our wrestling intro we were we were like a tag team and we were doing the wrestling intro and we got a massive bang in the door and it was from our the guy that lived below us who turned out to be this is when we lived up in dundee when we were kind of starting out as a band turned out that he uh, the guy that lived below us was one of the biggest gangsters in Dundee. He was like an axe-wielding gangster. And he, we were doing this like blaring loud music doing our like wrestling intros. And he knocks on the door and me and Adam are just standing there in like full, full Minions outfit, full Minions kit. And he's like screaming at us. 
we can we can't take any of the situation seriously because how ridiculous it is. We, I mean, it was obviously aided by the fact that we were quite drunk, but um, yeah. Anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, but. <laughs> I, I find it impossible to. Uh, I, I, I run a nightclub, and and you know, every now and again, there'll there'll, there'll be you know a, a scrap outside. Um, Halloween, uh, when you know, it's the biggest night of the year for us, Halloween in, in, in the venue that I run, and it, it invariably means everybody's dressed up. And when you see people spill out onto the street, and a scrap happens, then but they're in full attire you can't take it seriously it's impossible do you know what i'm saying it's like how can somebody yeah. open the door to two fellas dressed as minions that are rumbling and like <laughs> and literally let them have it i'd just i'd come in i will just I'll, I'll tag you i'll be straight in like let's do it <laughs> i know man i know <laughs> well as somebody that's that, that that's in a a, a young band Breaking through, you know, that, that that make, you know, smart pop music, you know. Um, Thanks, man. What, what I'm interested in in knowing is, you know, that in, in going back to, you know, the days of Procol Harum and things like that, there was very few considerations to, to a, a formula that seems to be very much prominent in the generation that we see now with, you know, Snapchat and TikTok and fast-moving thumbs that, you know, are constantly swiping and overexposed to every possible thing out there. So I've never, ever, ever in 250 episodes managed to phrase this question right. But what I want to ask you, Sam, is all of the kind of things that are now being sort of thrown into the, the, the pop music circuit of, you know, vocal in by this point, start with the chorus, hook them straight away. Like, how much of that makes its way through to your songwriting process? Um, mm. uh, yeah, and, and, and that's basically it, really. And, and talking about the, I guess, as well as the intro. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I completely understand and have respect for the immediacy that, can, that a lot of pop music kind of needs or, like, a lot the crowds need nowadays. Um, it's quite a strange one, I think. Well, first of all, I think a lot of our music is quite traditionally written pop. Um, you know, there's still it's still very formulaic. I think quite a lot of most, you know, broad pop music is formulaic. It has to be. But with the thing that you're talking about now, like the the need for immediacy is like it is. It's something that we talk about a lot, and every single time we're going through the motions of a song, because generally speaking, a song takes you know, months to get, get to the end of, you know, you've written it you, and it starts to get, and it's produced, but then it goes through all these different versions and all every, almost every single time when we're working up to release a single, there's always a question of, of can the chorus come earlier? Yada, yada, yada. But it's, every single time we have to counter-argue that, does it benefit the song? Does it do this? And I think it's, I think it is quite, I don't want to say it's easy to separate the rest of what's going on and just focus and isolate your song and that 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 example that you're working with. Well, but I do, yeah, I do. I do think you can just like listen to a song because again, by this point, I've listened to this one song, this like the upcoming single, a hundred times by this point, and it's in a it's in a whole pocket of its own in my brain, and. 
I think it's kind of easy to separate what's like all the business of like the charts right now. I, it's a really tough question, man, but I don't, I, th- I, I don't really want to like, I don't really want to pollute or not pollute myself. I don't know. It's really, it's just really I tough. I know what you're saying. I, you know, and it is a, it is, it is a difficult question to kind of answer because obviously there, I think there's always going to be that balance of, you know, wanting to, to to be on the radio, wanting to be on these playlists and things like that, but then there's also the, the balancing of the, the artistry and and of, of you know it's just it's that whole thing of playing the game to a degree but retaining the integrity and there's a whole load of things go in that pot. I wasn't expecting you know a one word answer of going well this is what we do you know yeah. it is I do think it is a you know it's it, it's always a bit of give and take isn't it I think mm, I completely agree man it's, it definitely is and it's. It's kind of it gets a little bit intimidating having all of these new structures come in, especially when you've got things that are hitting the charts that you'd never hear before and you don't really understand yet. And everyone around you, now that we've got kind of a team working with us, it's, everything's kind of a, commun- a, a committee decision. And when you hear this next thing that's the new number one and it's nothing, it's not like anything that's come before, everyone is a little bit shook because yeah. they thought they kind of had something worked out they had a little part of it worked out as, as to how to make a, a hit record or like you know even just a big record and then something comes along like hyperpop for instance hyperpop's this new new thing that you know 14 year olds are making and they're getting millions and millions of streams on spotify but i can't even wrap my head around it. i don't know what what's happening structurally or like vocally or anything it's just so wacky and it makes me feel kind of outdated and you know wobbles me a little bit but i think you just need to kind of center yourself and stick to what you know um, and kind of trust yourself. I think anyone who's in the music industry kind of has to have a bit of an ego in the first place. And you just kind of have to like come back to that ego, think about what you think's good and what you like and kind of, yeah, center, center yourself on that. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to take you back for track two uh, and I'm going to ask you for the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Sam. Yeah, I was. It's funny you asked this question because I was asked this question, the same question about two weeks prior to this. Oh, really? Prior to that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just talking. I was actually to Adam again. I was just talking about music, and he he, he asked me that question, and um, I remember it so profoundly. Um, I was sitting on the couch in my parents' old house when I was. I must have been about ten. It was Snow Patrol, Open Your Eyes. Before I carry on, um, I must have been about ten years old. I reckon. And I just remember sitting on the couch. My dad had the record on um, whilst he was cooking dinner. And I was just sat there, kind of watching TV, kind of just listening to listen to the album. And this song came on and went burst out into that massive guitar bit. I, I just like, I just sat there and weeped. And I, saw, I looked over to my dad, like just like a little bit nervous. I didn't want him to see that I was, you know, crying or anything. He looked at me uh, as a, at the time, quite a, quite an emotionally repressed man. He looked at me like, what is going on with my son, man? <laughs> I was like this song and it's so hard to describe the way that music makes you feel especially as a 10 year old but um, whenever you're like overwhelmed by a song emotionally it's so difficult to describe what that feeling is because it's not it's not as if it's sadness and it's not joy it's it's kind of an excitement but it's just kind of ineffable I don't I really don't know how to describe it but yeah it was it was Open Your Eyes by Snow Patrol you you said something there that uh, I always ask guests what you know if they could pinpoint that emotion, but um, people do generally struggle to, to to actually sort of tag that actual emotion. And 
you've just said something there that makes me think that's exactly what everybody's looking for. And it's that word overwhelmed. And mm. it is, it's that feeling of being completely overwhelmed for the first time by music. And like, and that's, that's crazy, right? Completely crazy, man. And it, it's, it's, sorry. Um, the crazier, it's such a crazy thing because often I reckon with most people, this, this occasion of having a, an emotional, emotional reaction will happen when, you know, they're around that age, 10 to 14 or whatever, maybe even younger. And to have this thing just sitting there that you don't understand, you don't know why all of these things are happening in your ears. Obviously, you know, I'm probably making it sound like 10 year olds are a lot dumber than they actually are, but, um, it's just it is just mental. It's 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 a testament to the magic of music, I think, not so like a plot, but there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, let's stay in the formative years. And for track three, I'm yes. going to ask you to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Yes. This um, was I'm Not Alone by Calvin Harris. Um, and this song, for me, I must have listened to it over 300 times. I actually got back into listening to it a couple of years ago, last year, actually. Um, but this was, again, this was a massive musical real- realisation for me. Um, when I first... Because I, I should preface this with the fact that I, in high school or primary school, I was never, uh, I never studied music. I never learned an instrument or anything like that. I've never really been classical and musical. I knew I always kind of wanted to do something, you know, um, creative, but I didn't know what that was. And I'm not alone, Calvin Harris. I don't really know how old I would have been at the time, but I remember listening to it on the bus to school. And for the first time ever, properly understanding and taking, uh, recognizing that there was a guy, someone, someone's brain was behind making all of these noises and all of this, all of the arrangements, and I, I just found it really like exciting, and I didn't understand it at all, but it excited me so much that someone's just sat there and thought, I'm going to make these noises do this, and it's going to make everyone feel great. 
Um, and that's probably what sparked my desire to want to make music. So was that something at, at school then that became a realisation that, that that's what you wanted to do? Or was there ever any other sort of considerations as to what you wanted to do when, you know, you, you grow up or you, you leave school, however you want to phrase it? Yeah, um, there was never really a plan, to be honest. There was never like one solid thing that I wanted to do. Um, it was always creative. I, I actually ended up in, I'm not sure how the school system works in England, but in Scotland we've got um, primary one to primary seven and then it's S1 to S6, senior one to six. And then in fifth and sixth you do your uh, GCSEs, I guess. Um, and in my fifth year I got, got really good grades and I realised if I kept that up, I would probably go to university. And I was too I didn't have the cojones to really go for what I wanted. So, uh, which was something creative, which would have, you know, led me down a certain path. Um, so in sixth year, with, with all these good grades in my pocket, I was thinking, I'm going to ha- I'm gonna be able to apply to jobs or apply to courses that I know I'm not going to want to do. Um, and I, I just don't want that. And in sixth year, I ended up flunking a bunch of my exams. So that wouldn't happen. And I kind of left school with a without any like foundation in that sense so I worked about and over over like working in pubs and clubs and stuff like that I surrounded myself in music and, and nightlife especially um I kind of started making music and I always kind of wanted to act or like do this or that I don't know um but I knew music was always kind of at the heart of it um and surrounding myself in the nightlife and working in the nightlife I had started to firm up that idea um, with DJing and producing really, really terrible music. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, They've got a new kids range and it's called Small Fried and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Was you confident? Pardon? Was you confident? Um, in what sense? Um, both as, a, as yourself and as a performer. As myself, not at all because I didn't have a clue who I was. Um, I was my first few years out of school were like struck with quite a lot of turmoil um had quite a lot of identity crises <laughs> um not really knowing who I was what I wanted to do um who I wanted to be all that stuff what I thought um but with the music I always kind of there was a there was a weird confidence I knew I would I knew I'd be uh, it was a good question again man I I think I was confident knowing that I'd find a, a, a joyful career in, in music. I, I, I don't know if that was going to be, um, you know, joyful in the sense that I'd have fat, a fat wallet or not. But I, I kind of knew that I would, as soon as I started dabbling and making music, it, it would be a great time. 
Was you confident in your abilities then as, as, as what you was doing? No, at all, no. No, I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. Um, there was, I mean, there was a, there was like a naivety to it that probably could have been seen as a confidence. Sure. But um, not at all. I had a confidence in the music that I liked um, but and, and what I thought was cool um, and new. But I am not a confidence in my own music. It took me a really long time to be at a point where I was quite satisfied with where I was. But I think with musicians, they're naturally just never really satisfied with where they are. Where they are. And, you know, musicians choose one of the most difficult industries to, to you know, to, to, to have any level of success in, let alone sign a record deal and, you know, release music. So confidence aside, are you, are you driven? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really driven. I think I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm driven by. Um, that's something I'm still trying to work out <clears throat> because that's quite a difficult one for me. You've got all these different things. It's, it could be for the artistry, for um, making people happy, for money, um, or you could be driven by fear of, you know, the opposite thing, you know, lack of these things, lack of money, lack of success. I guess that's kind of the same thing, but um, I'm definitely driven. I'm just not really sure why I'm driven. Okay. For track four, I'm going to ask you for the first song you're buying from a record shop, Sam. So, <laughs> so this is quite a funny one. Um, I, 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 the, the song is uh, Many Men uh, by 50 Cent, and this is from the album uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. And this is a, a time when I was maybe like 11 or something. I should not have had my hands on that album. But <laughs> my, my, my dad was, my dad was, I, didn't, I guess I didn't really actually buy it. I did with my pocket money, but, you know, it's a different thing. But I was in HMV with my dad and he was picking up some records. And I said to, said to him, I can't please have this record. I need to have it. You know, it's the coolest thing. I had like, you know, big muscly 50 cent on the front. It looked gangster. And I didn't really, again, I mean, I was just a kid. I didn't really know who I was, but I knew that that was like badass. You know, you see him on MTV and stuff like that. And it's like, I, I need to aspire to be like that guy. So I got that. That was my first record. And um, Many Men was, Many Men stuck out for me because uh, I guess it's one of the most, it was one of the more like melodic tracks in that, in that album and something that's always been massive to me it's appealed to me more than anything else in music is, is melody and I've known that from a pretty young age um, it's what I remember the most out of anything um, don't get me wrong I love lyrics and stuff like that but um, yeah so I got that and then um, I was listening I, I was also many men that I was listening to and there's some you know un, uh, no not un PC, explicit words lyrics in it and I was listening I cranked it in my bedroom my dad came up I didn't realise like what you'd done. He was like, "Is this the record that I bought you today?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's cool." <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like, "You need to, you need to get rid of this. You're, I'm going to get in so much trouble off your mum. You cannot do this." And I was like, "Bad." And I, I like begged him to not take it off me, and he didn't. And then a couple of weeks later, he got he was in the doghouse from my mum. So apologies to my dad for that. But yeah. Well, well, speaking of your dad, um, I, I just want to ask you, like growing up, you you, you said that your dad had snow patrol on like was there was there always music on at home then growing up and if so like what other stuff was you being sort of exposed to yeah there, there was always music at home um there was always great music on, on at home actually my, my parents always had an exceptional taste in music uh i remember friends coming around saying that you know your parents play the coolest music 
it was it was always it was always dead camp pop music that they um that they played like the Scissor Sisters. Um, I'm trying to think of other other examples, and it was just oh a lot of um a lot of the uh, like Lemon Jelly kind of you know poolside dance music and stuff like that. You know, um, I'm trying I'm trying to remember the hotel ones or something hotel. Hotel Costas or something like that. Costa, I I can't remember, but all quite like camp beachside like dance music, along with like very camp pop. Um, George Michael, uh, loads of like you know eighties nineties pop. Um, but yeah, there was always music going on. My my parents were always kind of passionate about music, without really talking about it very much. Um, I think that that. Some of that kind of eighties, you know, pop music and and you know, and talking about sort of camp pop music, you know, specifically if, you, if we talk about artists such as Pet Shop Boys, Erasure, you know, things mm. like that. I I think uh, uh, absolute pioneers of pop music, like they made some of the most incredible electronic pop songs ever made, and I think it feels to me they don't ever really get. You know, everybody goes straight to craft work, you know, and, and, and you know, we'll talk at length about, you know, and, and Maroda and stuff like that. And I know that these people are pioneers, of course, and, 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 and rightfully so. But I do think there's stuff that happened in the, after the kind of new romantic surge of, you know, Depeche Mode and Yazoo and, and, and all of them mavericks as well. But that period of pop music, sort of 86 to 89, of Pet Shop Boys, Erasure, and, and artists like that, I think produced some of the most influential and just perfect pop music. Absolutely perfect pop. I completely agree, man. I completely agree. I, could, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and you see it in today's pop, you know? Um, I, I think even in today's pop, for the for the last 10 years, that, that little portion of music that the guys that you mentioned and that little time period, I think they reflect more on this last decade than anyone else does in, in pop music, I'd say. Yeah. Obviously, it changes, it goes through its motions over the years, but I, I, I would say that's probably the most prominent. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Right, well, whilst we're speaking um, about electronic music, um, let's, uh, let's talk about what a lot of electronic music is, uh, is made for, and that's clubbing. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So for track five, I'm going to ask you for the song that soundtracked your years clubbing, please. Yes, um, that would be Full Circle by George Fitzgerald. Um, this was a tough one because clubbing for me has been a ma- it's, it's, it's been a big old chapter um, from my early years to about, I'm not much of a clubber anymore, but I was for a good few years anyway. Um, 
and I had a whole raft of songs to select from, but this probably sticks out. You can, you can have some honourable mentions. If you've got some that you, you want to <laughs> shout out, you can, you can throw a few in, it's fine. Um, okay, there's a, there's a song that a lot of like underground heads will remember from around 2016 that was Modra and Damien Lazarus. And I've actually kind of forgotten the so Damien Lazarus edit, and I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the song, but I had this mental big bass on it, and it was just it swept the underground nation. It was it was crazy. Um, um, I, I'm, and also Lovebirds, want you in my soul. That has to get an honourable mention because that is just an absolute classic. Um, I managed to see them. They they came up to Scotland at one point, and I managed to see them. It was just great, man. Um, but. For my, my pick is George Fitzgerald, Full Circle. Um, and that is that is because it's probably what I idealise in, in dance music. And it's a lot of... It's probably out of, like, re- rejection of some things. My, my first couple of years in, in the nightlife scene and industry working in it was surrounded with very minimal stuff, um, which didn't really have very much, like, melody or... Maybe it did, but it was just the kind of flourishes here and there. And it was all kind of, like, suppressed um, into, like... And the focus of it all was, like, the intricacies of the drumming patterns and, you know, the sounds and stuff like that, which I think is great. I have complete respect for it. But for me, I just want, like, a killer melody to just, like, resonate through my bones, you know? And this this does that perfectly. I think it's beautiful. I think I can't wrap my head around the sounds of it. And it makes me feel like I have um, that thing where you see you know you see colors uh, synth synthesis or whatever it's called yeah um that this song makes me feel like i have that and i don't um because it's just so colorful and bright and melodic and beautiful so it definitely be that it reminds me it reminds me of like disco lights and you know lasers and stuff like that perfect i'm gonna take you home for track six sam and i'd like to hear uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county please I'm probably going to get in trouble for this. Um, okay. Maybe, I don't know, um, because there's so many great artists in Scotland, and there has been and there currently is. Um, but And I, I literally went for the least Scottish pop song ever, um, and it is uh, Picking Up the Pieces by the Average White Band. Cool, um, it's a fucking good song, man. <laughs> it's, it's so good, man. It is so good. It is the most... It, it's such a feel-good song. And it's just, I think there's probably some like repressed anti-nationalist in me that wants me to pick that song just because it's the least Scottish thing you'll ever hear. Um, but it's just so amazing, man. It's so like, like full of life and, and, and great. And again, I keep on saying this, but just so un-Scottish, which I love. And I think I have a lot of respect for artists that kind of go out with their um, typical genre or style or whatever. Um, or or surroundings, you know, because uh, I think I, I think countries and or cities can have kind of a, a musical stamp, like a, a a standard sound, or not a standard sound, but like a, a, a notable sound. Um, and I th- I've got the utmost respect for artists or producers that kind of seek inspiration from places that are entirely not in their world. Um, and I think the average white man kind of did that. You know, there 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 were a bunch of guys from Dundee. And they were producing tunes like they were they were coming out of you know America or, or you know the West Coast or whatever. Um, I love it, man. I, I've got to admit, I think I was probably about nineteen 
when someone went to me, you know they're Scottish, right? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, because it's just an absolute club classic and it sounds so American, you know, it, the, the production on it, it just, yeah, it's, I, I was just like, absolutely like, blew my mind. And it's just like, how fucking cool is that? That that come, you know, that come out of Scotland, that sound. Like, yeah, I know. I, I completely agree, man. It's, just, it's so exciting. The idea of like not sounding anything like you'd expect it to sound. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what what kind of sort of blew my mind. I, they actually played my club. Um, they no they came down in in the mid nineties and they played two shows in the UK. Like for the first time in a long, long time, they played a jazz cafe and they came out to Essex and they played my venue. Uh, and they were just off the scale, good man. Really, uh, so good, so good. That's unbelievable, man. They played they played in your club. Yeah, wow. yeah. Uh, no way. Okay, last track, and so you get to uh, you get to pull the uh, the slip mats out again and play DJ and influence um, the song that many may not know that you would like them to hear, please, Sam. Uh, this song is uh, "Beautiful Rain" by Jude Woodhead, <clears throat> who I've got no idea how or no idea and no recollection of how I came across this song. Um, I think it's got maybe about forty five thousand. 40,000 streams on Spotify. Um, and it is this magical, magical dance track with these crazy, like, um, steel drums, this mega vocal from an old um, African uh, vocal choir group, I think, Black Mambozo, Black Mambazo, Black Mambozo. Um, and you listen, you listen to that, you know, the just them singing it, and it's remarkably beautiful. But Jude Woodhead, who I think is like a 19-year-old kid from somewhere in London, has twisted it and made it this like absolutely you know magical piece of work. It's probably my favourite dance record um, ever I've ever heard. It, it blows me away every single time I've, I listen to it. I've listened to it a stupid amount of times, and it's also it it's kind of I don't want to say it's important to me because I, that I don't want to claim the song as a part of me because it's not, but. Um, but what what he does a million times better than I ever did was when when I was which is um, he pulls African uh, vocal sounds and puts them into dance tracks, which I just think is amazing because I think a lot of these uh, the vocal music that comes from Africa around Ethiopia and some of the Kenyan stuff is just the most beautiful stuff you'll ever hear. Um, and whenever sorry, when I first got into dance music, I, I went down a weird, really strange path of um, of listening to a lot of Ethiopian, like, kind of step, like, weird step music, uh, which was kind of dance music, but probably, you know, I mean, I definitely don't have the chops to dance to it. But um, that kind of then inspired me to, to sample quite a lot of African vocal music when I was first starting, first making dance music. Um, and then, you know, six years on, seven years on, I, I hear this track and it just blew me away, completely blew me away. I would completely implore anyone who hasn't listened to this track, Beautiful Rain by Jude Woodhead, to listen to it. Well, Sam, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the, the, the podcast so people can go and listen to uh, all of the tracks that you've recommended today. Uh, Amazing, man. Amazing. Um, and so as we find ourselves, uh, you know, three months into 2021, full of optimism and, and, and hope that, you know, the tail end of the year is going to see 
us reconnecting and and yeah, getting back to you know an, a, a sense of normality that we've we've been missing. What are you what are you looking forward to personally, and what's coming up professionally? Um, I'm looking forward to gigging. Uh, I've never in my entire career been a natural performer, and for me performing uh getting up on the stage has always been like a mega mega daunting thing for me and this time has made me want it i've kind of you know as i said earlier it was a big reflection period yada 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 and i think just the time away has made me realize how much i loved it before um there's nothing like that rush of of you know playing a gig and finishing it having a little beer um so i miss that i'm really looking forward to that and i also think are we we personally suffer quite a lot. Like we, we, we put a lot of a lot of our appeal is from our live show, um, and for that sake, just just for growth as a band, I'm looking forward to getting back out there and gigging. Um, and professionally, I guess that was still quite a professional answer, wasn't it? <laughs> I've cheated. Um, professionally, we have. I touched on this earlier, but we have an EP coming out uh, in a few months, a couple months, maybe. Um, we've got a single coming out in maybe a week um, called Blue and White um, and yeah the, the the EP is kind of a concept EP kind of thing we've flipped the whole thing on its head of you know being in love and then falling out of love and where you're left and we kind of start off you know completely broken apart and we like work backwards because uh, we, we kind of thought there's an extra heartbreak to, to heartbreak when you kind of know what happens if you know what I mean Um because every, every love story starts off completely beautiful and then it goes through the, the phases of, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I think just knowing that, that it's not going to work in the first place is particularly heartrending. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all really. We're, we've got some music. We're still trying to work as much as possible, write as much as possible, um, and just get on with it, to be honest, man. I think, I think we can all try and, try and try our best to be a little bit optimistic. Obviously, everything's taken a little bit, well, a lot longer than we all thought it would. Um, and I think everyone's just hit a wall, myself included, uh, a, a COVID, um, uh, what, do you, what, what do you want to call it, like a, a, a little bit of a hangover yeah. uh, in the past month um, with like pure restlessness. Um, but I think the, you know, we can see the horizon now and I hope, I hope people aren't having too much of a tough time. And or at the end of the day, when we get back to gigging, it's going to be, remarkably good better than it ever has been and so if people want to keep up to speed as to when these gigs are going to happen uh news about the ep where's the best place to to keep up to speed we're most active on instagram um that's where we do our work um so follow us if you'd like on uh, at heights h-y-y-t-s music that's funny spelling i apologize for that (laughs) perfect sam uh, it's been an absolute delight uh, talking records with you. Um, I've absolutely enjoyed this so much. So, so thank you very much for your time. Oh, amazing, man. This has been, you know, the best time ever. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I've, I've seriously enjoyed this so much, man. I don't, I don't really get to talk about music that much with, with anyone except for my bandmates. So this has been such a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolute joy. Thanks, Sam. There you go. Kind of want Sam to be me, mate. Like, he was... Um, he was great. We had we had a little natter afterwards, and uh, that's always a good sign when uh, when you finish a podcast and you you sort of hang around and keep sort of chatting 
that's always good, you know? Feels like a little connection. That's why that chat continues. So it's lovely when things like that happen. And and I hope that kind of warmth, um, you know, in, in the kind of conversation and the openness really sort of comes across to you guys as well. Um, and if you've got a fraction of the the joy I got from that chat listening, then uh, my work is done. All right. Uh, thanks again to Tom for sorting that out. Um, massive thanks to Sam for, for giving up his time. Uh, and again, thanks to you lovely lot for supporting. Everything you need to know about back catalogue and Patreon and merch and anything else, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Stay safe, lovely people. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save our souls clothing www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable, and water based inks. And in addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track Podcast. It's Off The Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,